I usually hear words that summarize things for me. And a uh, couple of days ago, I had this set of words, four words. And after I had those words, I put them together, and I had that these are the trademarks of New Testament minister. Or trademarks, you know, when you say cook, that's a trademark. You can't borrow the word cook for something else. So the trademarks of a New Testament minister is four things. A New Testament minister is primarily a minister of the word. What do I say? The New Testament minister is primarily a minister of the word. Not almost nothing will happen without speaking. Almost nothing will happen without speaking. Without spoken word, writing word, written words, without speaking. The achievement, the progress you want to make will come by speaking. Are you hearing me? Until a man of God learns to speak well, he will not amount to much in ministry. The difference between Jesus 25 years old and Jesus 31 year old ministering is his word. They sent some soldiers to catch him. They came back without him. They said, why didn't you bring him? He said, no man spoke like this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, if anything you have to develop, you have to develop your speaking ministry. Remember, the Bible says this. The elders who how did it say now? First Timothy 5, 17. How did he say it? Huh? Uh, uh, the elder who, I think, that, that, yeah, that's the word. That rule wears is worthy of double honor. Then that says, especially those who labor in word and doctrine. So the, 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 the special advantage for you in ministry is in the speaking and in the message and in the word you speak. I can say this. Any pastor, any minister who develops his word ministry, his speaking ministry, his teaching ministry, is bound to succeed. I had Yongicho saying this, that his progress as a church and his church growth advancement came from 70% of speaking and 30% administration. So, if you can do this quite well, it'll go a long way. Nothing will happen in your church until you speak. Nothing will happen. Hallelujah. And if you are not careful, you may not use this well, and you can use it against yourself. I have noticed something about pastors who succeed. In fact, I see it in the world. If you ever watch all these athletes, people like uh, Roger Federer, all these people that play long tennis, even when they lose, they never speak against themselves. They have this moderated humility. If they are going to meet somebody on the field, on, 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 on the, on the, what called now? On the court, even if it's lower than them, they will give enough respect to the person. 
Even when they win, you see them moderated. They don't go kaboom, I'm the gimmick, I'm the gimmick. And when they lose, they lose also gallantly. Their words are very careful. They choose their word carefully. They are outstanding success in their feed. As pastors, you have to learn how to use words and use them well. Imagine God is on the throne. Anything he says happens. So if he says the wrong things, the universe will have a lot of wrong things going on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I saw these four words about ministering the word. I had this word first, wind. The second one I had was water. The third one is fire. And the last one is light. I'll take it again. Wind. Water. Light. Sorry, fire. Then light. Every New Testament minister must learn how to discharge his duty in these four aspects of ministry. You're welcome, sir. Every New Testament minister, if you learn this, then you can use it for your good. That you are carrying what you are, you are bringing forth wind, you are bringing forth water, fire, and light. Without these four components, you will not be able to thrive in ministry. Your words must project wind, must project water, must project fire, must project light. Pastor, what do you mean by that? Before Reverend will come up, let me quickly say this. The very first thing, if you want to notice about a minister, and this is, you have to know how to do this quite well. See, the word wind stands for ruach. Ruach is the word for spirit in Hebrew. If you notice that in the beginning, the Bible says that the earth was formless and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the ruach of God, the wind of God, the spirit of God, was moving over the surface of the water before God ever spoke light. There was a wind first. It's called the wind of God. Wind. What's that word? Wind. It's spirit. So a pastor, a minister of the gospel, must inspire, must be inspiring, first of all. You must carry spirit. People are like bags. They are like balloons. They become flabby through life. They should be filled up. See, when you fill a balloon, it can bounce even on hard surfaces. Am I right? Am I right? When you take a balloon, when it's full of air, you can bounce it. Bam. You know what? The harder the surface, the higher it goes. Correct? But if it's not full of air and it's just... When you hit the ground, it takes the shape of the ground. Our people take the shape of their circumstances because they are not inspired. But when they are inspired and filled with the Spirit, and, and, they, are, and, and they are motivated highly by the Spirit, not human just motivation, when they do that, they go outside the church, whatever they face, no matter how it is, they dance. They're full of joy. So, primarily a church should be a church where people are inspired. There must be something about, about, about your, when you hold microphone that people get inspired. They are filled up. They, are, they, are, they, 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 they feel some dancing in them. That's why, sorry to forgive me if I hurt anybody here, that's why in the New Testament you don't hear of solemn assembly. You hear more of spirit meetings. Holy Spirit. So, 
The Bible says, be not drunk with wine. Where does excess? But be filled with the Spirit. People are drinking today because they are not inspired. They are exhausted. Exhausted. That's why they are looking for all this beer parlor or some kind of a thrill or sexual pleasure to get some free. But if we inspire them in church, they will face life without all those things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Your people must be drinking. <laughs> yeah, just say, they must be. They must be inspired by something. You can't just stay without inspiration. You either drink alcohol or drink the Holy Ghost or have Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> Is that clear? So you must be inspiring. Even when you are going through hard times, even when things are not easy, get on the pulpit and inspire people. Encourage you. Wind. Remember, who makes it? Mr. You know, wind. Hallelujah. You are spirit. You are primarily a spirit. Your words are spirit and life, like Jesus said. So pump people with words. Encourage them. Hallelujah. So, first of all, a minister carries wind. You must blow through the building. Praise God, somebody. When they gather like this, wind must blow. Bible says that the, the, the one that's born of let's, let's John three. Let's read it. John three. Oh, this this I love, I love this one about wind as a minister. Praise God. Praise God. I read that John three. A man. Somebody told me years ago. He was a church member years ago, not our church. He was telling me about this church where I used to go before I stopped going down there. He said, my pastor, those days, when he hold microphone, you can, you can feel it all through the air. But he said, I don't know what happened to him. It's no more like that. Praise God. He said, I don't know what happened to him. He's not just giving a talk. You can just give a talk. You know, can give health talk or psychology talk. Hello. <laughs> That's always inspiring. I would have done three. Look at it quickly. Let's, let's, let's move. Look at verse 8. The wind blows. In fact, the word wind there yeah, and the word spirit are the same word if you can read Greek language. So we can say this, verse, verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the wind, capital, is small wind. Praise God, somebody. Look at this verse. Don't marvel that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows. The wind blows. Look at that verse. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it. But you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So it's everyone who is born of the Spirit. That verse used to confuse me, confuse me years ago. See, everybody here that is born again, that is a living wind inside of you, that's the Spirit that was born of the Holy Spirit. That wind, the stronger it is, the more dominant you get in life. The weaker it is, the, 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 the more, you know, uh, 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 struggling you are. So if your wind is strong, you know, wind can blow through this place and it may just only shake your clothes. But a stronger wind can blow and can even move the tears. But a stronger one can blow and remove the roof. And there have been some strong wind like hurricane that go through place and you find nothing standing. I believe that a man of God should be like a hurricane. When he get on the pulpit, no flesh will stand. Praise God somebody. I don't mean they are only slain physically but they are slain in the spirit. Praise God somebody. I challenge you to have that kind of spirit thing that you get up and, and do it on purpose. Speak from your inside. What I say, you see, when you speak from your inside, wind blows. And hear me, when you speak from your inside, you become highly unpredictable. A man of God that is of New Testament cannot be predicted. Are you hearing I me? Mean? You can even yourself can't predict how your life will turn out every day. That is the mark of the wind as a spirit. When all of your life is so organized that everything is already organized and nothing new is coming, you are in the book of Exodus, you are not in the book of Acts. You hear what I just said? 
If everything can be told about you, you are not in the book of Acts, you are Ecclesiastes. There's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> are you hearing me? And it's vanity. In fact, I was surprised that I was recently doing a study and I began to study the word vanity. The word vanity is the opposite of the wind. It's the word emptiness. Mere breath that has no wind in it. Praise the Lord. So you should be carrying wind. You are the wind. Hallelujah. You are also a wind of the wind. When the Holy Ghost blows on us, and then we blow on others. Is that kind of number, number two? I said, number one, you are what? So a wind inspires. Number two, you are also supposed to carry water. What is water? It refreshes. Water refreshes. As a minister of the gospel, you must be refreshing. Anybody who meets you should be refreshed, should be renewed, should be reinvigorated. That's why people will come to a church over and over and over and over again. Is that rain or is that fine? Put up the fan. The wind is too much there. It's overcoming our voice. <laughs> so I said, number two, water. You must, you must, you must, you must come. Water. Can I say this to you? Can I surprise you? Everybody listen to this. The reason why many times the word of God does not come to pass in your church is not because God can't make it come to pass. It's because you are not watering that word. To everything that God does, there are three movements. I planted Apollo's water. God gives the increase. Some pastors can only plant. They don't know how to water. So you must also learn to be to, to learn how to water. And you know what? You can sow once, but you have to water several times. What is watering? It's refreshing. It, it, it settles you down. See, how many of you, when you are testing, when you pick up a bottle of water, what happened to you? You just settle down. Huh? Oil can't do that. Sand can't do that. Only water can do that. A pastor must be refreshing when they come to church. In fact, I'm feeling that the attendance in church depends more on refreshing than anything else. I would say, a time of refreshing will come from the Lord. A time of refreshing. Let's see that. Chapter 3, book of Acts. Refreshing. You must freshen people up. Acts 3. Are we there? Praise God. Let's do some, fish, some, some, feeling, some, some feedback. Alright, thank you. Look at verse 19. Repent therefore and be converted, talking to these unbelievers, unbelieving Jews, that your sins may be blotted out. Thank you for forgiveness. Sin. So that, so that what? Why people say, so that times of what? Refreshing. They come from who? From the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. So you must be refreshing. Look at Jesus at the well. Remember the well? The well, the well? Remember the well? The woman came for water. When Jesus finished refreshing her, she forgot about normal water to want to drink. She dropped a koroba and went to town. Christ was so refreshing. Even though he was revealing her sin, but it was so refreshing. Are you hearing me? Oh, there's nothing like going to a church and when you finish service, you feel so refreshed. Can I say this sometimes? Pentecostal churches can be very draining. Can be very draining. You know, you have workers everywhere. They are not, they are not refreshed. They just serve people. I, 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 I'm, I'm taking an opposite direction to today. That, I, I, I've gone through the school that believes that all the church is for is to reach the lost. I don't agree with that anymore. I don't agree with that anymore. I used to agree with that. That all that we are here for is to reach the lost. I don't agree with that anymore. 
You know why I started arguing with that anymore? Because the goal is not the lost, the goal is the found. That's why I'm trying to find the lost itself. We don't get the lost because we want to get the lost, because we want it to be found. I hope you are getting that. I hope you get that. So it's not about just the lost. That's why some churches today in America, I feel sorry for them. All everything is about the lost. They got only one hour service. They said the members don't worry. They even kill middle service. They kill all middle service. Good America now. They don't have middle service anymore. They have only Sunday morning, which is one and a half hours. And they tell their members, we are here for the lost. So what, am, what, what kind of business is that? Ah. And people are not strong. America is worse today than ever. With all touches over there, people are not strong anymore because they are not building people up to be strong and they are not refreshing them. You know what? The best, the best advert for a product is the product first of all. The marketing is not important. You can market forever something, but if that is used and is not good enough, your best advert, your best evangelism is not tracked. Your best evangelism is your people. If they are not doing well, you can't... Uh, come on now. Look at advert on the TV. I'm sorry, I'm taking the time. I will run quickly now. Look at advert on the TV. They don't, they don't, they don't do like this. Come and buy, come and buy. What will they do? They will get Okocha. Right? They get Okocha. Okocha will put the glasses on. I said, this glass, I have used it for the last 10 years. Why do you want to go and buy it? Huh? You see, see, they sell not just the product, they sell somebody who's using it well. Huh? So, your greatest evangelism is your people. And if they are not refreshed, you can't tell me, I will take you to US and you can't pay my transport fare to Lagos. <laughs> So we need to concentrate more on our people because they are the letters of Christ. And when they are refreshed, they can do much. In fact, sometimes on Sunday, I want to say everybody, just sit down. Because people are just laboring, put over there, put over there. No, let them come. Come unto me, all you who labor and are every lady, and I'll make you church workers. That's what he said. Huh? Is that what he said? Praise God. Sometimes it's very difficult for me on Sunday. Please, you are not here just to serve. You are here first of all to be fed and to be strengthened. Now you cannot serve out of that overflow. So water overflows, am I right? So I want to beg us, be refreshing. Be refreshing. Don't always be making demands. In workers' meeting, refresh them too. People are tired. Are you hearing me? Don't forget that the ruler of the synagogue came to Jesus for his daughter. Am I right? Ruler of the synagogue came to Jesus. Christ didn't say, go back to your work. No. So please refresh your workers. They are tired too. They come to church, they serve, they do, refresh them, bring water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell yourself, I am a refresher. One more time, I'm a refresher. Also a pastor. See, I have some things in my house called fresher. You know, is it fresh now? now? You know, sometimes you use toilet, it starts smelling. What do you do? You have to do a lot of odor killing in your church. Odor killing. The odor of sin. The odor of sickness, the odor <laughs> of lack, the odor. You need to refresh them. Hallelujah. Number one, wind. Number two, water. Number three, fire. A man of God must be on fire. That means he must be passionate about God. No matter how beautiful your message is, if you don't have passion, if you don't have fire for God, it won't make so much impact. God is called a consuming fire. That means it burns you up. It consumes you. It takes you over. Praise God. Hallelujah. So as a minister, you're also called a flame of fire. Am I right? 
Let's be fire. Let's be on fire. Hallelujah. I heard the man of God say something. God bless me. He said, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said you know what? I don't only prepare my message on paper and written out. I get the fire to it too. You know, when you just prepare your messages and write out all those things on paper, that's just ingredients in the pot. But without the fire under the pot, it won't become a good food to eat. Am I right? So get on fire. Pastor, how do you get on fire? Get kerosene, pour it on yourself. <laughs> and set yourself on fire. <laughs> that's just a joke. <laughs> that's just a joke. <laughs> You call the church. I'm on fire. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Get on fire. Get on fire. Get, get, get passionate. Always be looking for something that's going to consume your life. I want to go out for God. I want to do something. I'm confessing my sin. I'm confessing my apathy. I'm going out for God. I can't afford to be demoralized one minute because lives are at stake. Are you, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? I may be broke, but Paul said, though we are poor, we are making many rich. Praise God. Are you hearing me? Be on fire, consumed by God. Is that clear? And then, see, sometimes you go to church, people get cold. Remember? Remember Peter? When Jesus was locked up over there, it was his fire. But when Christ was being punished on the stake by the Caiaphas and the high priest, he, he had to find a place to find fire. Am I right? He was feeling cold. And while he was the guy said, you are a Galilean. He said, Allah, imagine. See, when you're not on fire, you deny Jesus. Hallelujah. You deny that he can prosper you. You deny he can help you. You deny. But when you're on fire, you are always there. Praise God, somebody. I always pray, God, I want to be on fire for you. I want to be happening. Hallelujah. See, when you're on fire, you can preach at any time. Hallelujah. If they have to beg you as a pastor to preach, you're not on fire. Hallelujah. Hello, you must be on fire all I mean on fire in the night and you can get that fire praying in tongues remember the first time tongue came the first time tongue came it was fire it's called tongue of fire it was on their head and it's entering to them and you can always find it to flame by praying in the spirit last one light I finish with light because that's what will abide wind will stop water will finish fire will calm down. But light is what abides. And God is light. What is light? Every pastor, every minister must be enlightening. Must be enlightening. So you have to be enlightening yourself to enlighten others. Christ said, I'm the light of this world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. Your church must not be living in the dark. Spiritual darkness, emotional darkness, financial darkness, even physical darkness. <laughs> it must be shedding light. Hallelujah. You must be shedding light. Light is what you have left. You call it revelation. Am I right? Illumination. Hallelujah. Every pastor must come with illumination. When you finish with your microphone, they must say, oh, I can see. Praise God somebody. Oh, I can see what to do with that. I can see how to go about that. Oh, I was in a meeting one time. I don't like talking about myself much. I was in a meeting. One federal minister was there. One federal minister in our country, former federal minister, was in the meeting. I just got up and started talking. When I finished, I ran out because I had to come to our church. I just went to go and preach there. When I ran out, the pastor that was the host one, that the federal minister was there, he said the minister was weeping. Told the minister, he said he was weeping. He said, who was that? I'd gone. He said, what happened? He said, you know, you know, I was crying because I saw what I was not doing well. 
I, I prefer that. Then a cardboard, ordinary wood. I want light. I don't. I don't. I wanted to meet God, not meet you, and collect your card. Come and see them in Abuja. Hello, what for me? Two million. Go to town. Tomorrow, car one point five. Go to town later. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, they become. They, they will see what to do. They will just see. They will just see light. They will see how to how to give, how to forgive, how to bless people, how to encourage. They will see that. That's what church is about. If people are not saying what to do, we are doomed. And I believe that that is so important in Africa today. We are called the dark continent. Africa, with all the fire, has not moved ahead because. It's been so much of heat of, and less of light. Let's bring light to our people. Always ask yourself this question. How will they live what I'm talking about? How can they use this? Always think about, about people. Don't ever think like this. I just want to preach. No. How would they use this? For instance, last Sunday, we finished a service. You don't have to be worried what you are going to preach next. Just look at what you preach tonight and then give further light. How many here, pastors, you finish the message, I know you are not through yet. Huh? Anybody here? That's why you are a pastor. Evangelists can do like this and go away. But not you. You come back again and do it again and give other light. So next Sunday service may come from this Sunday service. Because you have not finished and you saw something in there that should be much more expanded, deepened, and illuminated. So don't say, I want to go and get fresh word. That's the next word. <laughs> Make life easier for yourself. Make life easier for yourself. Sometimes you, you get to a church. If you look at the book of Jude, let me close now. The book of Jude. You know, the book of Jude was not what Jude wanted to write. I hope you know. Let's read it. Jude 1. Because of light, it changed the subject. Hallelujah. If you look at the book of Jude, look at verse 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent, he had studied, he had prayed, he had written a sermon note to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the same. For certain men have crept in unnoticed. See that? He changed his subject to give light on certain issues. Hallelujah. 